Hello, Crossroads family and guests. We are so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. We want to let you know about our website, wherelifechanges.com. There you can find more about church events, ministries, and giving options. Check out Pastor Lee's blog at pastorlee.net. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at crcc underscore social. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wherelifechanges. We really hope that the message today would inspire and encourage you to worship passionately, serve others, and share truth. Now let's jump into the message. God is good. Amen. Last week I started a series called Our Home, talking about relationships in the home. Now I know everybody's house here is always at perfect harmony, and there's never any discord, no one ever fighting over the remote or anything like that. Uh, but hopefully you can learn something to share with your friends because we know that, they're <laughs> that they may be having trouble. Amen? Last week we started out by in understanding laying the foundation that your home will never be what God wants it to be until you release control to the Holy Spirit. Amen? God must be in control. That is so much harder to do than it is for me to say. And so we have to learn how to do that, and it's a process. And so as we continue on, uh, I'm going to try to teach you how to release control so that your home life and your relationships get better and better every single day. Amen? Y'all, do y'all believe in God? Amen? You believe in the Word of God? <clears throat> so family tests that because the Scripture says, let nothing out of your mouth except what is good for building others up. And if you've ever had a 13-year-old boy that refused to clean his room, it's hard to keep your tongue in, in, in check, amen? If, if you've ever been accused of something, if, if somebody's ever come against you in your own family, uh, I've had situations where family members, uh, not my immediate family, but other family members have done things purposely uh, to hurt and to cause harm. And it is difficult. Not only do we have our immediate blood family, but we have our spiritual family, our church family. And, and even in the church, sometimes things get sideways and we do things that would hurt one another's feelings. And it all comes back to you. Do you believe that God is really God? Do you believe that the word of God is his word? And do you, be, do you believe that it is powerful? that it has the power to transform, the power to renew, the power to make your home everything that God wants it to be. And so this, this message today is a challenge. I'm going to be talking to you about things that are extremely difficult to do, and yet if we do them, the reward is far beyond anything we could ever imagine. Amen? When, when I received the Lord and when I, when I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, I accepted all of him. I didn't say, Lord, give me a portion of you. I didn't say, give me 25%. I didn't say, give me 50%. I didn't, I didn't say, give me 99%. I said, I want all of you. Don't you believe we need all of God? Amen. And, and so when I received him, I received all of him. I received all of his love, all of his power, all of his joy, all of his peace, all of his mercy, all of his compassion. I received all of him. I, I, I took him all in. I, I, I wanted as much as I could get. And I said, Lord, come into my life. Come into my heart. Come into my mind. Come into my body. 
And I accepted all of him. And if you're a believer here today, you did the same thing. You said, Lord, come into my life, all of you. I don't want just a little bit. I want all of you. I need all of you. Amen? And and it's something that how, as a believer, I can be filled with the Holy Spirit and and receive all of God, yet not live in the fullness of who he is. I have received all of the love of God, and yet there are times when I don't feel like I'm loved. I've received all of the joy. The Bible says that there was a joy so glorious that I can't even find words for it. It says a joy unspeakable and full of glory. I received all of his joy, and yet I'm depressed sometimes. I received all of his peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And when I said, Lord, come into my life, all of you come into my life. So the Prince of Peace is alive inside of me, and yet sometimes I have disharmony in myself. And I don't feel at peace. I have received all of him, yet I don't live in the fullness. I, I, I said, Lord, give me all of you. And I received all of his wisdom. Amen. Don't you believe he's got wisdom for us? Amen. And, and I received all that wisdom, yet sometimes I make dumb mistakes. I got an amen on that one. All right. <clears throat> Must have been following me yesterday. I made some dumb mistakes. You see, it, it's amazing that all of him is in me. Yet I don't live in the fullness of who he is. The Bible talks about the power of God must be perfected in me. Perfected. Let me give you a few scriptures here to help you understand what I'm saying. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. The apostle Paul writes, my, my, and God is speaking to him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so the power, there's something about the power of God. When I received Jesus Christ, I received all of his power, 100%. Amen? But there's something about the way I can handle my weaknesses that if I handle them the right way, then that power that is in me is perfected. Until I handle things right, it is not perfected. It is imperfect. It is in me, but it's not perfected. Let me give you another one. In, in John chapter 15, it says, I have told, Jesus is speaking, it says, I have told you this so that my, my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. And that word complete in other translations means perfect. And so when I received him, I received all of his joy, but I don't always live in the fullness of his joy. Sometimes I get upset. Sometimes I get angry. Sometimes I get mad. Amen? And and so we have all of this in us, but it's not perfect. I have joy in me, but it needs to be perfected. I have peace in me, but it needs to be perfected. Let me share that with you in Isaiah 26.3. He says, you, talking to God, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Amen? And and so everything that God is, all of his love, his peace, his joy, his kindness, all that stuff must be perfected in me. When I first become a, a, a Christian, I receive him. It's all in me, but it has to be perfected. And, and I would suggest to you today that our relationships struggle because the love inside of us has not yet been perfected. Amen? The word perf- perfect or, or complete, everybody say complete. The, the word complete, when, when, when I have, have experienced the complete perfection of God's power in me, it is not dependent upon anything else. 
When you have something complete, you don't need anything else. It's complete. It's done. It's finished. Amen? That's why the, the, the Hebrew word for a woman means completion because the attributes of God and the attributes of, of, attributes of God in a man and the attributes of God in a woman, when they come together in marriage, it is complete and everything is there. Everything you need is there. Amen? And so when his love is made complete, it doesn't need anything. In other words... When his peace is perfect in me, I don't need you to do anything. I don't need uh, for my boss to do anything. I don't need for you to like me. I don't need for you to be nice to me. I don't need for everything to go right. Because his peace is perfect in me. When his peace is perfected in me, no matter what's going on on the outside world, I have peace. Amen? When, when, when his joy is perfected in me, I don't need everything to be good. I don't need a party every day. I don't have to feel good. I don't have to do this and do that. I don't have to find ways to make my flesh feel better. His joy is complete. If everything else is wrong and all hell's breaking loose, I still have joy because his joy is complete, not dependent upon anything. Amen? Amen? And this is what God wants to do for us. If, if his love is perfected in me, I don't need you to love me. What, a lot, many times when I'm sitting in counsel with a couple and, and I will tell them, you want to come to a place where you don't need that other person. Because as long as you need them, then there is pressure on them to be something for you. And as long as there is pressure, it's not a place of freedom. It's a place of pressure. I got to be something in order for them to be happy. I got to do things in order for them to be happy. I have to perform in order for them to be happy and love. But when you come to a place where the God's love inside of you has been perfected, you don't need anybody to love you. Amen. <laughs> it's very quiet in here today. I, I don't need, and if I don't need you to love me, then when you don't, I'm okay. When you're disrespectful to me, I'm okay. I can still love you because I, my love for you is not dependent upon your behavior. My love for you has been fulfilled in the perfection of God's love inside of me. Amen? So you can act a fool and I'm still going to love you. You can act like an idiot. I'm still going to love you. you. You can go crazy and I'm still going to love you the very same. Amen? And so we have to learn how to, to allow God's love to be perfected in us. And that's what I want to talk to you today. And I'm going to focus in on 1 John chapter 4. And I'm going to start in verse 7. He says, dear friends, let us love one another. Everybody say, love one another. Now look at the person next to you and say, love one another. <clears throat> Sometimes I just like to see if y'all are doing for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Let me focus on this. For love comes from God. The word comes there means uh, out of a fountain. It means uh, like a spring. If you've ever been in the mountains and you've seen a spring of water and it just bubbles up. So the love of God just bubbles up. Now when it bubbles up like a spring, then it begins to run downhill. And as, as it runs downhill, it turns into a stream and then a river and then a mighty rushing river. In the scripture, when it's talking to us about the temple of God, there is a 
vision of out of the temple of God comes this river, and that river represents the love of God, the Spirit of God, and it is rushing out of the temple, getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and so when Jesus was talking to the, the woman at the well, he said, if you believe in me, then rivers of living water will flow out of you. Amen? And, and so this, the, the love of God is a river that is flowing. The nature of God's love is flowing. Amen? When the, when the love of God stops flowing, it stops being the love of God. And so whenever God's love flows into me, if I don't let it flow out of me and I dam it up, then it's no longer the love of God. So God has loved me. He says, I love you no matter what. I love you before you were born. I love you after you were born. I loved you when you sinned. I loved you when you did this and did this and all the sin in your life. I loved you when you weren't faithful. I loved you when you played games with me. When you went to church and you were just pretending, I still loved you. When you were cursing me, I still loved you. When you were ripping Bible pages out of the Bible, I still loved you. When you were doing all that stuff, I was faithful even though you weren't. When I understand that kind of love and let it flow out of me, then it stays the love of God. But if I receive it and then don't give it to you, I just change the nature of it, and it's no longer the love of God. Everything has changed. Amen? And what happens instead is I love the way the world does, and I say, I love you if. I love you if you do the right things. I love you if you look the right way. I love you if you make me happy. I love you if you make me feel loved. I love you if... And, and that creates fear, because if you're in a relationship that's an if-then, then there's this fear, am I going to be good enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I smart enough? Are they going to love me enough? If they hurt me today, will they hurt me tomorrow? And there's all this kind of fear, and, and, and that fear causes us to shut down, and we, and we say, well, I'm, I'm nervous if they're going to love me back, and if they don't love me back, I'm not sure I can handle it, so I don't want to give myself, and then we dam up the love of God, and we stop it. And when we stop the love of God, then it's no longer the love of God anymore. Amen? And, and, and so I want to challenge you today. <clears throat> when we get offended, when we get angry, when we get hurt, that's when we put up a dam that stops the river of the love of God. If you want to have a family, if you want to have a home that is full of love, you got to tear down the dams. The places where you're holding grudges, you just got to pull it down and let it go. Amen? You can't live by fear. Fear is not from God. You got to let it go. Amen? Let's keep reading this. He says, <clears throat> everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Everybody say, born of God. Now, the, the King James, it says, quicken. Quicken means to be made alive. So when the love of God is flowing into me and out of me, it quickens me. It brings me to life. Not physically, because I already have physical life, but it brings me to life spiritually. And so when the love of God is flowing into me and out of me, it is keeping me in tune with the spirit of life. Now the Bible says that the spirit of life is attracted to the things that bring life. And the spirit of the flesh is attracted to the things of the flesh that bring death. And so as long as I'm loving you, my mind is going to be attracted to those things that produce peace. As long as I'm loving you the way God loves me, then my mind is going to be attracted to those things that bring joy. As long as I am loving you unconditionally as God loves me, then my mind is going to be directed to things that have eternal reward. 
But the minute I dam it up with my offense or, or, or whatever, the minute I stop the love of God from flowing out of me the same way it came into me, then my flesh will rise up and my mind will be attracted to the things of the flesh. And immediately I begin to think of things that I just want to satisfy my own spirit. And I begin to think, well, I want to make sure that you love me and I want to make sure you do this for me and make sure you're that for me. And if you don't do this, I'm not going to forgive and I'm not talking to you. And our flesh gets up. And we are attracted to things that cause division and cause discord and cause disharmony. And the next thing you know, everybody's sideways, everybody's unhappy in the family. And we have to let the love of God flow out of us the same way it comes in. Amen? Are y'all with me this morning? I don't know about you, but I lived enough in the spirit of the flesh. I lived long enough making decisions and doing things that that only made things worse. I lived too many days saying one thing and doing another. I lived too many days being at church on Sundays and living totally opposite Monday through Saturday. Life is better than death. Amen? Let's keep reading in verse 9. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. Everybody say show. So he put it on display. He says, here's what my love looks like. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since, we, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. It, it, it says here that he showed it. He put it on display. So I'm talking about you got to let the love of God that flows into you flow out of you the same way. The same unconditional love of God that you receive from him has to be flowing out of you into your wife and into your children and into your mama, into your daddy, into every relationship you got. And when you dam it up, then your mind goes the other direction. You begin to be attracted to things that destroy. Amen? But here he's saying, just in case you don't know what that looks like, what does it look like to let the love of God flow into you and out of you? Jesus. Jesus came in the flesh, left heaven, left the comforts of his own throne, left the singing of the angels, the worship of the saints in order to be born in the flesh so that he might die for us. This is what love looks like. It's not love to love somebody who loves you. It's loving them when they don't love you. That's what real love is. Amen. I don't even know if I love you until we get sideways with one another. My reaction to you when we are in discord reveals to me how well I love. And if I can't respond to you in the love of God in the middle of discord, then the love of God is not flowing through me. As Jesus hung on the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's the love of God flowing in and out. Amen? If you're not loving like Jesus, then you're damning it up. He says that Christ came as an atoning sacrifice. I'm just trying to get a little deeper into what this means to let the love of God flow through you and out of you. An atoning sacrifice, we we understand the word atonement. We talk about it from a religious sense. But if somebody has made a mistake, if somebody has done something real bad, we might say, well, he needs to atone for his sin. He needs to atone for what he's done. In other words, he needs to do something that's going to make up for the bad thing he did, Right? You might say to, to, your, to your husband, you need to atone for forgetting my birthday by buying me some flowers. Or you need to atone 
You see, you got to do something to make right whatever you messed up. And so Christ came as an atoning sacrifice, meaning that he undid what had been done. What did he undo? But my sin. My sin causes division between me and God. My sin causes division between you and I. Amen? And so what Jesus did is he bridged the gap. He didn't wait for us to repent. He didn't wait for us to say, Lord, I'm sorry. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Amen? And and so he didn't wait for us to come to him. He said, even though you've sinned against me, I will go to you. And so when the love of God is flowing into you and out of you, when somebody offends you, you don't sit there and say, well, you better apologize to me. You don't hold a grudge until they come back and say they're sorry. You don't stay angry at them until they do something better. You don't withhold yourself from them just because they've done something. You go to them. You bridge the gap. When they offend, you forgive. When they attack, you love. When they say all kinds of things about you, you pray for them. When they gossip about you, you just love them. Amen? The Bible says that as much as it concerns us, live at peace with everyone. Amen? And, and so when somebody has done something to you, if the love of God is flowing in you and out of you, you don't let the gap stay between you and them. You go and make it right, and you go and do everything you can to fix it. Amen? That doesn't mean you can, because some people are just stubborn. Amen? Don't look at anybody. Some, some of us are just stubborn right? And, and, and so it doesn't always work, but you want to be able to stand before God one day and say, I have done everything that I can do. And here's the thing. If I'm not letting the love of God flow in me and out of me, then when they do something to me, I'm letting what they did destroy my family. There has to come a time when we say, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let what they did five years ago keep messing up the family today. I'm not going to let what they did yesterday cause us to have a bad day today. Just because they were rude, just because they were unkind, just because they were inconsiderate, I'm not going to let that cause me to react to them in a way that hurts the family. I'm going to bridge the gap. Amen? And, and if we're going to do this, we, we, we have to understand the devil is attacking our families because our family relationships are how we understand God. God says, you want to know what it's like to be connected with me? Look at a father and son. You want to know what it's like? Look at a husband and wife. You want to know what it's like? Look at a mother and her children. These relationships help us understand God. The devil does not want you to have good relationships in your house. Because the better you get along with your spouse, the better you love them. When they don't love you back, the more you understand how much God loves you when you don't love him. Amen? And so, of course, he's attacking. Don't let the devil win. Don't let what somebody has done, don't let what the devil has done destroy your family. Amen? Let's look at verse 12 now. It says, no one has ever seen God, but if we will love one another... God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. There's that thing. The more his love is perfected in me, the more it is flowing, the more I see God. He says, no one has ever seen God, but his love is perfected. And he's putting those two things together. The more I, that his love is perfected in me. So what that means is I'm seeing his love, unconditional love, no matter what I've done. He just keeps loving me, approving of me. He's not ashamed of me. I love that song we sing. He's not ashamed of me. Whew. I've had too many people ashamed of me to know that God's not ashamed of me despite everything I've done. If anybody could be ashamed of me, it would be him. But he's not. 
He says, I love you anyway. I love you just like you are. Amen? And, and so when, when we start thinking about this, when, when I experience the love of God, I see it. But when it comes out of me, I see it in you. And I see it in my situations. So instead of handling things in the flesh, I handle it in love. And when I handle it in love, I see God working. And I can see God. So even in the darkest night, I still see the light of Christ. Even in the hardest moment, I still see the God who is my ever-present help in trouble. Even Even when everything is falling apart, I see him. He is my anchor in the storm. He is my provider when I have nothing. He is my comforter when I grieve. And no matter how black it is, I still see him. Because the love is coming in me and out of me, and I see it. Amen? Let's keep reading. I'm going to skip a little bit. Look in verse 16. It says, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Our relationships are broken down in fear. But this is saying when love is perfected, it drives out fear. I want to talk about that for a minute. When I understand that God loves me for who I am, no matter what I do, as a child, as his child, then even when I sin, I am confident he will still receive me. Even when I'm not faithful to him, I know he'll still be faithful to me. I know that if I begin to try to fall away from him, he will pursue me. And I know the Bible says that he is faithful to forgive me and he restores me. The Bible says that he restores what the enemy has stolen. Amen? When, when I really begin to receive that and understand that, that the almighty God, the God that is above everything, all-powerful, all-knowing God that has no enemy that can stand up against him, when I understand he loves me the same no matter what, and his plan for me never dies, then what do I have to be afraid of? The scripture says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. When we become confident in the love of God, all fear goes away. Amen? But I want to go further because in order for me to love you in the love of God, I have to be able to take the fear that's in me and set it aside. Because if you have offended me and I'm going to go and I'm going to forgive you, just because I'm going to forgive you, it doesn't mean that I feel like forgiving you. Amen? I may be nice to your face, but on the inside, I want to slap you backward. Amen? But what am I going to do? Am I going to obey my emotions or am I going to obey the Lord? And so when I go to love you and I begin to think, how do I love this person? How can I make sure that they feel completely approved of, completely accepted, completely loved, no matter what they've done, that they are sure that I will forgive them, sure that I will receive them? How can I help them know that? How can I do what is best for them? If my mind is consumed with that, I don't have time to think about anything else. I don't have time to worry. Well, I wonder if they love me. I wonder if they like me. So many of us will walk into a room, the first thought is, what does everybody think about me? 
Do they like me? Do they love me? Am I pretty enough? Am I smart enough? Am I, am I too much of this, too much of that? What, what, and all we're worried about is what do people think about us? As long as you're worried if people love you, you can't love them. But when you get focused on loving them, there's no room in your mind for all these questions of fear. Amen? And perfect love begins to drive out that fear. And then when it's flowing into you and out of you and you begin to love people like that, then you help their fear disappear because you begin to be that safe place and you say, no matter what you've done, my arms are open to you. No matter what's happened, I still love you. I still accept you. We may have to deal with some things. I may have to speak some truth and love to you. But in the end, you know that I'm your friend. I'm not leaving you. I'm your husband. I'm not leaving you. I'm your wife. I'm not leaving you. I'm your dad. I'm your mom. And I am here forever. And when we begin to do that, it releases fear. It releases fear. Are you all with me? Amen. Let me um, look at verse 19. We love because he first loved us. Amen. When we really grasp how much he loves us, you can't help it. What kind of God is going to do for us what he's done for us? I didn't fall in love with God because somebody forced me to go to church. I didn't fall in love with him because I felt guilty about my sin. I really began to fall in love with the Lord when I saw the reality of who I was, and he loved me anyway. When I saw all the stuff I had done, and he loved me anyway. And when that began to happen, that mighty Russian river of love began, like I was standing in the middle of it, just began to press on me and push me and move me, and it moved me back into his arms. Amen? You see, the power of love is the power of God. But when we dam it up with a fence or anger, or bitterness, it's no longer the love of God. If I receive it and don't give it, and it changes how I experience God, because if I'm not letting it flow out of me, then, then there's all this fear out here. Not only am I worried if you love me, but I wonder if God loves me. Will he forgive me? Am I good enough? Am I holy enough? Did I do this? Why well, I missed church. Why well, didn't I read the Bible? What's God going to do? Strike me with light now? I don't know. But when his love is perfected and it's flowing, I'm continually experiencing and continually seeing an unconditional love that moves me back to him. Amen? Let me read this last scripture and I'll be done. It says in verse 20, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. John doesn't mess around with words. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Now listen, we know hate to be an emotion. And it is. But ultimately, the emotion inside of me doesn't have to come out of me. And I can have feelings of hate that come from my sinful nature and choose to obey in the spirit of the Lord. And that's driving out that fear. Amen? You don't have to be controlled by what you feel but you can be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? 
And when I want to be angry with you and say something to you and be mad at you, but I unconditionally forgive you and love you anyway, then what I'm saying is I love you at your worst. When you're behaving your worst, I love you still. And when you know that somebody loves you at your worst, it makes you fall in love with them. Amen? And so he says, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Amen? When you're letting the love, the unconditional, grace-filled love that is always bridging the gap when you let it flow into you and out of you so that in arguments, instead of getting worse, they get better. And instead of bad times making you not talk to each other for a week, you draw nearer to one another. And when you do this, there is a force like a river that is going to move people back to you. So many of us in, in relationships, we're so worried, well, do they, they don't love me, and they did this, and they weren't nice, and they did this, and they weren't nice. And we have all these reasons why they don't love us, and, and we're so focused on how they're not loving us that we're not even trying to love them. And we're living by fear. But if we'll begin to let the love of God flow in us and out of us, and even though they're doing what they're doing and we love them anyway, there is a, a, a move of the Holy Spirit that will draw them back into our own arms. As long as you're trying to get love, you'll never get it. But as long as you're giving love unconditionally, you'll have more than you can handle. Amen? Amen. You want your marriage to be better? Quit worrying about how they're not loving you and just love them unconditionally. Now, Jesus did what he did for full communion with people. Yet some people still rejected him. I will tell you now, if you love perfectly, there are still some people who will reject you. You can love like Jesus loved, and they'll still not want to be around you. And you can't change that. But in the end, you can stand before your maker and say, I've done all I could do. I've bridged the gap as much as I could do. I have nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to, I did all, I loved beyond what I would normally do in the love of Christ. But I guarantee you, most of the time, they're going to turn back into you. And the children that have been mad at you, they're going to love you. If you're having troubles in your marriage right now, just start doing this. Ignore your feelings. Let, drive those out. And just love the way God loves. And see what happens. And see what happens. Amen. Stand up and let me pray for you. There's some people here today that just, you're hearing what I'm saying, but nothing that I'm saying is natural. It's all supernatural. It's all supernatural. And in order to move this direction, we need to, to receive the Holy Spirit, a touch from God. Amen. And so as, as they sing, I just want to open the altars for a minute. And if you need prayer, if you need help, because what I'm saying to do is so hard to do. You need the help of the Holy Spirit to do it. Amen. And if you need that help, let us pray for you and receive that help today. Amen. Amen. Just as they sing, just come down. Pastor Jamie, Pastor Thomas, Trevor, just come over here and let's pray.
just a flame, your love is light, and all the world will see, all the world will see, I just want to say thank you for your time and listening today. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share us with your friends. 
Also, remember to follow us on social media. If you ever find yourself in the area, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning at 1040 a.m. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.